0: everyone. Welcome back to the Yay for Business podcast. It's me, Courtney Shaw. This episode is a little bit different from anything we've done so far and a little bit different from anything I've done. And from the title, you already know this, but I have been recently diagnosed with ADHD. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about how this has rocked my world. And I have so much to say, so let's just go ahead and dive right in. Okay, so like I said, I have so much to say and it's all sort of like rattling around in my brain right now and in true ADHD fashion, not in any kind of linear way. Um, So basically here's the gist, you guys. Um, I have not shared this publicly at the time of this actual recording. Um, I may or may not have said something publicly by the time I release this podcast episode. So right now, is where I'm trying to express this and express so much that I want to share with you in a way that is also, you know, honoring what feels right to me at this time. And I wanted to give myself a good amount of processing time after I got this diagnosis. And, you know, if you've ever been diagnosed with ADHD or anything else, you know that, oftentimes the diagnosis takes a while. So I knew that I had ADHD before I actually got officially diagnosed. Um, but I wanted to give myself time to really let it sink in, see how I feel about it, go through the, you know, stages of accepting it and getting used to it because it was absolutely just like the stages of grief and like, I was almost like excited about it at first. I mean, I'm back to that at this point um, because it was so validating. And then I was like frustrated and then I was sad and it's just been quite the emotional roller coaster. So I wanted to give myself enough time and space to really like sink my teeth into this situation I've read probably 20 books about ADHD at this point. And I wanted to figure out also for this episode, which I've known I wanted to do since I got this diagnosis or had this realization, is figure out exactly what I want to say in a podcast episode because I could honestly go on for days. I could have a whole podcast catered to this topic. So keeping myself on point and really figuring out like what is important for me to share and what makes sense in the container of one podcast episode. So first, I really want to address some foundational stuff before I dive into, you know, my story and what all this means and like what I've learned and the positives and the struggles and all of that. I wanna make sure I make one thing really clear and this is a boundary that I need to set is that I am not looking for anyone's advice or opinions. So please do not message me with like tips and tricks or your opinion. I'm not interested. Um, That's a boundary I'm going to set. If I get those messages, I'm going to ignore them and delete them. So please just no advice or opinions. Um, And then that said, the other just foundational thing I wanted to say is let's talk really quickly. And I am not an expert, right? I'm not a medical professional, but I just want to talk really quickly about what is ADHD. Because I think we all have an idea of what it was. I know that even just a few months ago, my idea of ADHD was rambunctious little boys in school who were bouncing off the walls and had too much energy. And I would have never in a million years thought that I fit into that category. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about what ADHD actually is, in my humble opinion, in so much as I understand it. So ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Now, a lot of people in the ADHD family, because I'm not in this family and I love this family, um, would definitely disagree with the word disorder to go along with ADHD. One thing that I learned really quickly about ADHD is that it is absolutely a superpower in so many ways. And it's not like a binary black or white thing. It's very much on a spectrum. And there are so many benefits that come with it. And also it's just like a different way of someone's brain working. It doesn't mean that like my brain is broken. It doesn't mean I really don't resonate with the word like disorder or anything like that. It's just, I think differently than other people. That's it. And a lot of people do. And again, I believe that this exists on a spectrum. So also, hyperactivity. So hyperactivity is not included with everybody's ADHD. Now, I personally do express hyperactivity. And for most people, in so much as I understand, when they're younger, that might come out in like physical hyperactivity. So like actual running around and like, you know, fidgeting and things like that. As you grow up, it tends into more of like a mental hyperactivity. And that is definitely something that I resonate with. So there are two different types of ADHD. One includes the hyperactivity, one does not. And that's why some people actually resonate more with the term ADD, which was the old label for ADHD. And then it got renamed ADHD to account for the hyperactivity. But I just want you to be clear that some people do not express hyperactivity and usually girls. So girls often go undiagnosed or live with undiagnosed ADHD because they do not express ADHD the same as we think about those rambunctious little boys, right? And while I definitely do have uh, the hyperactivity element, I really resonate with that feeling of, uh, as I look back on my life, now that I know that I have this diagnosis of realizing, a, I've always been like this because you are born with a brain that has ADHD. It's not something that you develop later on. And I realized, oh, because I did well in school and because I, you know, was smart or I didn't really struggle with, um, you know, getting good grades and stuff like that, that it wouldn't have gone diagnosed because that is oftentimes is what we think ADHD is, is people who struggle in school. And so that's a really important element for me to mention. So this is, again, just a neurological difference. Um, and we're all different. And for me, learning that ADHD explained so much in my life. I literally have a note in front of me. It's not numbered, but it's got to have like 30 to 40 symptoms that I wrote down as I was. This isn't like the first couple of days of me realizing I had ADHD is just writing down all these symptoms that came to mind. There could be 30 or 40 more at least. And I guess, like I'm feeling pretty ADHD now as I'm I'm explaining this because I have so much I want to say, but that's really the foundational things that I wanted to get across. So attention, hyperactivity, deficit disorder. I would also say, and many people would say that the word deficit doesn't really make sense for people with ADHD. We often don't have a deficit of attention. We have attention. It's just not going to the things that people want it to go to or, um, you know, an ADHD brain is wired for interest, not importance. So we're always going to pay attention to things that we think are interesting and exciting, not necessarily the thing that is important. And so it's not that we have a deficit of attention. It's just the control over where that attention is going and what it's focusing on. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about just generally what ADHD is, because again, I'm not an expert and that's really not the point of this podcast. I just wanted to lay that out for those of you who are unfamiliar or um, maybe you're thinking you might have some of these symptoms and this podcast may open your eyes to looking into it. One thing I want to say is entrepreneurs are 300% more likely to have ADHD than like the rest of the population. So if this is something that you resonate with, I'm not saying like, you have ADHD, like go get diagnosed, but it is something that I would consider. There's online um, tests, there's assessments that you can take to sort of um, suss out your symptoms. And for me, when I first took the online assessment, I had never felt so validated in my life. I felt like the assessment was literally just telling me my entire personality. And I was like, wait, this is like a thing <laughs> that people get medicated for? So for me, it was all the things I'd ever struggled with in life, just validated in this one thing. I cried, I, I literally started crying because I had never felt so seen and knowing that these things I was struggling with were real. So I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that as I go. But the next thing I wanna address is what led me to get a diagnosis? Like, how did this all even come about? I'm 32, almost 33 years old, um, maybe 33 by the time this podcast comes out. My birthday is at the end of October. And I've lived my whole life without knowing that I have an ADHD brain. And what I've learned is that's pretty common, especially for women. There are women who get diagnosed very late in life. I heard a story about a woman that got diagnosed like in her 80s or even early 90s and finally got on medication and was like, this is the first time I can actually sit and relax and watch like a TV show in my entire life. So this is pretty common to get diagnosed later. And what normally leads to a later in life, i.e. non-childhood diagnosis, is something coming about to make you realize that Whatever your symptoms are of your, you know, particular brand of ADHD, that they're actually causing disruptions and problems in your life. So you might think that, you know, forgetting your keys is whatever. Like everyone forgets their keys sometimes. But if you're starting to notice that you're having a chronic issue that is causing you to miss appointments and you're dropping balls and, uh, you know, you're double booking yourself or, you know, I actually booked two plane tickets for one trip this past year. Then this is where things start to add up. And almost when you're put into more of a pressure cooker, or you have a life change or some kind of stressors, it might make those symptoms um, more visible. And that's definitely what happened to me. As you can imagine, 2020 has been a hell of a year for all of us. And while I've relatively had a fairly good year, um, business is going great. Um, I don't have any particular like drama that's come up for myself. I've been blessed and, and grateful and privileged to be healthy and my family is healthy. And, you know, financially, we're doing better than we ever have before. But despite all of that... I could tell that there's something that is keeping me stuck. And I felt that for years as a business owner, that there's something, I don't know if it's a mindset issue, and I I really thought it's a mindset thing, or I need coaching, or it's strategy, or whatever. There's something that is holding me back. And I would watch my peers just skyrocket to this incredible success, and I would really, I would watch them, and I would go, I don't get it. Like, I do not get how they're physically doing it because I can't handle um, a lot of the things that they are handling in their lives. And as I surrounded myself with more, uh, more, you know, successful entrepreneurs, but also as I cultivated uh, more local friends and got older in my thirties, there were things that I'd always struggled with like tidiness and following my calendar and, you know, checking my email and, you know, remembering things that I thought I would just get better at as I became an adult, as I got older. And especially when I turned 30 in 2017, I was like, okay, I'm 30 now. All that cute stuff I did in my twenties, which was super fun and rebellious, uh, you know, moving to different cities and, you know, being sort of like non-committal and all of that. I was like, I am ready to like, settle down comes to mind, but really just like as an adult, I'm ready to just become a, a real girl, like a real woman. And I want to have a home and I want to have a routine and I want to feel like I belong in the adult world. I always had this sense that I was a child pretending to be an adult. And whenever I would say that to people, because I would, because I I've felt it since I remember in 2013 or 2014 when I was newer in my business, I remember saying that to people and they were like, oh, that's so silly. You just like think that because you're younger, right? Like you're, you know, in your earlier 20s and you'll grow out of that. And I really didn't. I still to this day when I'm around even people my own age, even people younger than me who are quote unquote like more adulty, like they more like have it together, um, really just normal people I'm talking to you about. I often feel like I am a little kid pretending to be an adult. And I don't mean that in the cute sense that everyone's like, oh yeah, we always feel like we're younger. I genuinely mean I feel like I'm faking it. <laughs> I need to emphasize this because One of the hardest things about getting diagnosed with ADHD is that so many people, I think in an attempt to make you feel better, are like, well, yeah, we all do that from time to time, or we all feel like that from time to time. The thing is, for me it's to a degree that is disruptive to my life and my well-being, my finances, my relationships, my business. So I really want to underline that, that a lot of the symptoms of ADHD are things that everyone experiences from time to time but it's at the point where it is disrupting your life. And I really got to a point this summer where I really broke down crying to my mom. And I was like, I can't take it anymore. Like, what is wrong with me? I know I'm smart. I'm, I'm a confident person. I know that I'm creative. I know that I'm talented. I know that I have things to share. It's not like a self-worth um, or like confidence issue. I was telling my mom, I was like, I, there's just these things that, other people seem to be able to do, like manage their budgets and do their dishes and fold their laundry. Even if they don't love it, they get it done. And I am like struggling. Like I am struggling and overwhelmed by adult life. I'm utterly overwhelmed by just the generalness of life. Nothing specific, but just it never ends. Like it just never ends. And I felt like I was walking through molasses, like everyone else was walking on normal pavement, but I was walking with like a fan facing me and like tornado level winds through molasses. Like it just felt like the simplest things were so hard for me to be able to do. And as my business was growing and I wanted it to grow and as I was um, taking on more responsibilities, um, that's what caused my symptoms that I've been able to manage for, you know, 30, however many years to be like, okay, enough is enough. Like I've got to get it together. And I just couldn't, I could not get it together. So for me, it was just really this breaking point of like, enough is enough. I'm sick of this cycle of like, I'm getting it together and then I fall apart and then I'm getting it together and then I fall apart. And I'm just looking over my notes here because I'm trying to be really just tell you what's on my mind, but I also want to make sure I'm. Telling you all the things that I planned on saying. So what led to me getting a diagnosis? You know, as a child, I was always what I would call an ultra creative rebel daydreamer. That's just like that is me to a T. That is why I originally named my business The Rule Breakers Club. I was always anti-status quo. It was literally impossible for me to hold a nine to five job because my brain could not handle it. It was the tedium, the monotony, the micromanaging, the being sitting in front of a computer all day, like it drove me nuts. So I really haven't had a nine to five. I had jobs that had elements like that. And even then I couldn't handle it. They gave me anxiety attacks because I just felt like I was unemployable and incapable of holding those jobs. Again, I am a really smart person. I know this about myself. I am very confident. I know that I'm capable of doing basic things. And that's why it's so hard for me when basic things are so hard, like having a regular job, And when I would quit jobs and like one time I quit a job and I moved to France, I just on a whim, impulsivity is a huge factor in the ADHD brain. And I'm very impulsive. I started my business on a whim. I create things on a whim. I hire people. I I do things on a whim all the time. And one of the things I did on a whim was I quit a job and I bought a one-way ticket to Paris and everyone was like, oh my God, you're so courageous. You're so brave. There was literally no courage or bravery included. I like need to be really clear about this. To me, it was the only option. It was, I wanted it and I did it. It was more like a lack of self control than it was courage or bravery. And that's the difference between someone like me who will move to a new city on a whim and someone who moves to a new city and is like, Oh my God, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like I will do anything. (laughs) And it's not about courage. It's about that impulsivity that my brain is wired for. I truly get high on rebelling against the status quo and not doing what's expected of me. It's like it stimulates my brain. It gives me that stimulation I need. ADHD is thought to be a dopamine issue, like a dopamine regulation issue. And again, I'm not a scientist. I'm reading a book about dopamine right now to understand it better, but I'm not even going to attempt to explain how dopamine works. Dopamine is very, very, very important for human motivation and also like control. So your prefrontal cortex in your brain is like all of your executive functions, planning, thinking ahead, like making the right decisions, like doing things now that maybe aren't pleasant that are gonna serve you later on. Like, hey, I'm gonna do my dishes tonight because I'll feel better in the morning when they're done. Like that is something that ADHDers have a really hard time with. Our prefrontal cortex is not as stimulated. It's not as turned on as neurotypicals. That's a new word that I learned. So those of you who do not have ADHD or you do not have like a neurological, um, you know, difference, you would be considered neurotypical. So again, I'm getting lost on some different tangents here, but I'm just like, so excited to be talking about this out loud. So I get high on like, you know, rebelling against the status quo because it stimulates my brain. It gives me that kick that maybe normal people feel all the time, but I need to do something like crazy (laughs) to make it happen. So I did things like I got a French degree without even thinking what I was going to do with that after school. And I didn't care. And I loved when people would be like, oh, you're not going to get a teaching degree. I'd be like, no, you expect me to get one. So I'm not going to get one. I moved to France twice. I um, started my business on a whim while I was living in France. Um, I impulsively moved to Vancouver three years ago. So my husband and I, we were dating at the time and it was one night in February. I got home after having a drink with a friend. And I remember I walked into our apartment and I went and I laid on the floor on my yoga mat and I stared at the ceiling and I was like, this is it. I can't live here anymore. And so the next morning I talked to Momo, my husband, then boyfriend, and I said, I love you, but I can't live here anymore. I need to make plans to move somewhere else. I genuinely hope that you will come with me. And I realize how crazy this might sound, but like, I'm at the point where I have, like, I have to, I was just, I was so miserable. And he was like, thankfully he's very spontaneous too. And he was like, okay, how about Vancouver? And I'd never been to Vancouver. I never thought about living in Vancouver. He'd never been to Vancouver. And literally that was the end of the discussion. I was like, Yeah, Vancouver. We had never visited here, nothing. Sight unseen, had a one-way ticket to Vancouver, packed like three or four giant suitcases, got rid of all of our stuff, and showed up in Vancouver. My My husband quit his job, had no job. I had my business that was like making six figures. So I was like, I can take care of us for a few months and we can figure it out. That's the kind of thing I do that requires zero courage. And I I need to underline that again, that was not courage. That was what I wanted to do. That was easy for me because that's what my brain thrives on. So everything started to change after I moved to Vancouver in 2017. So like I said, my business was making six figures and that was really beyond my wildest dream. When I started my business, I just wanted to make 30K a year and travel around and be a vagabond. So six figures, I was like, all right, this is great. Why do I need more? Like now what? I wasn't driven. I'm not the kind of person who is obsessed with accolades and ambition and achievement. So that is not in and of itself motivating to me at all. I'm all about pleasure, interest, passion. That is my jam. So I was kind of plateauing in my business and I did plateau for a couple of years because I kind of lost my enthusiasm about my business. And I felt this pull towards adulting, like I told you, and I was at once like I wanted it, but I was revolted by it. Like I wanted to be more of a real adult and feel like I could pay my taxes and be a law-abiding citizen. I never broke laws, guys. I mean, I probably broke some laws, but not intentionally. I'm not that crazy. But I I wanted to be more of, like I said, like a real woman. Like I, I really wanted that. But I was also revolted by that. It was very difficult for me. And I was turning 30. And that's what really changed for me was I made this decision that I was going to get my shit together. I was going to have a routine. I was going to like, work regular hours. I was just, I was going to be a normal adult and I couldn't seem to do it. That was three years ago. I've spent the past three years trying to do this. I have YouTube videos, you know, when I was doing the 5 a.m. club that was really interesting at, for me at first and then it faded away. It wasn't interesting to me anymore. You know, I tried to tidy up, you know, Marie Kondo style and that was hard for me ma- to maintain because once I lost interest, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And this is the cycle that I've been in for my whole life. And I just thought it's, I mean, it is normal for me. I don't know anything else. I don't know what it's like to be not me. So to me, it was normal. But it got to a point this summer where I really did get excited about like, I'm building a seven figure business. I'm building a company. Um, you know, my dream is to have employees in the next six months. We want to get a local office space. I want a real business. This is something I genuinely, genuinely desire. But as I've been working towards that what i've realized is the ways that i was managing my my adhd symptoms you know without knowing it just the you know mechanisms i'd learned throughout time um weren't working for me anymore you know like i needed a next level ability to manage my life and my business that i didn't have the tools for and so That's what really got me to that point of I was sitting at this coffee shop and I just started crying. Um, I had a team member of mine, she pinged me on Slack and she was like, Hey, have you finished, you know, this, you know, copy for this thing yet? And I realized that I had told her two weeks earlier, I was going to do that copy and I totally forgot about it. And it was just not even on my radar, like wasn't going to do it. No plans to do it. Totally forgot about it. And I was like, why am I like this? Like, this is me all the time. And just this, not this ability, not ability, this not ability, this inability to trust myself, to follow through with complicated goals because my brain would just forget things and I couldn't figure out systems that would work for me. I would create a system and then I forget about the system. Like, and a lot of you who've experienced my business as a client or maybe you've worked with me as a contractor, a lot of people will say that my business is very organized and it is because it has to be for me to function. Like. It has to be. The reason I'm so obsessed with having one signature service and simplifying your business model and having systems and having boundaries is because if I didn't have all these sort of rules, you know, like if then kind of rules in my life, like my brain would just forget about it all. I'm the wild creative. I will constantly be inventing new things, having new ideas, fresh takes, funny quips, you know, joking around and making people laugh. But like following through on something is hard for me. So I need to make sure that I make it as easy as possible for myself. So where am I? Let me just see where I am with my notes here, guys. Um, so I'm sitting at the coffee shop realizing that I forgot this thing. Start crying, call my mom. I'm just like, what's wrong with me? Why does everyday life feel so hard for me? And it was actually my mom who had a friend This is really, I mean, like, I don't want to talk about other people's situations, but for reasons, my mom's friend had been telling my mom about ADHD and my mom was listening to me talk and she's like, you know what? This sounds like you. Like, I wouldn't have thought this ever before, but... When you're telling me these things that you struggle with, and obviously my mom knows me really well, she's my number one confidant, I call her about everything, we talk almost every day, she's like, this is you. And so I went home and I took a five question assessment, so there's like an official like assessment online just to sort of like get you started. And it was like, chances are very, very high <laughs> that you have ADHD. And so then you kind of went in and you did this longer um, form and looked at that. And every single thing on the form, I was like a level 10 or whatever the level is, level five, one to five. And I was just like, this is just my personality. Like, this is just who I am. I didn't realize that things like interrupting people constantly. Um, You know, I'm super loud. I um, I love being like, the funny person. I love making people laugh. I'm, I'm very witty. I'm very creative. I was a daydreamer as a child, um, you know, forgetting appointments, double booking things, all of that, all of these things I did were things on this list. And I had this aha and I started crying, taking this test because I felt so validated. I was like, Oh my God, all these little things that I thought were all separate problems that I had to figure out. Right. They're all just one thing. And the sense of relief I had immediately, I just knew I was like, this is me. So then I actually had to go through the process of like getting properly diagnosed. And I'm more than happy to talk to any of you about this. If you want to slide into my DMs and ask me, I am an open book. I would love to chat with you. I don't want to make this podcast episode a million years long, um, though I could. I could talk for a million years. It would be incoherent and there would be no through line, <laughs> but I could do it. Um, then I just lost my train of thought again. But I don't want to go into the whole like diagnosis process. You know, that was a learning situation and I would be more than happy to share my experience with other people. But essentially I did get an official diagnosis. Um, I have been prescribed a medication that I am actually just starting to try out and figure out how I feel about that and if I want to do that, etc. Uh, essentially what the ADHD specialist told me when she was doing my diagnosis, she said, She said, I'm 100% certain you have an ADHD brain. There is no doubt you were born with this brain. You will die with this brain. And she said, once we get you in treatment, whether it's medication, there's a lot of health, diet, exercise are all important things. But once you start managing this, you're going to be unstoppable. And that made me so happy because I'm going to, I'm tearing up right now because For so many years, I was wondering what's wrong with me because again, it's not a self-confidence thing. I know I'm smart. I know I'm capable. I know that the things I teach are powerful and I change people's lives. I know that I'm brilliant. I know that. But I struggle so hard with basic things and hearing that I was gonna be unstoppable it was such a relief to me to know that there was hope for me to be able to achieve my goals and, you know, like create this seven figure business and have this team and create this company and buy a house and be financially responsible um, and do all these things that I've struggled with for so long. So um, oh, I just I'm so this is so exciting for me to share this with you guys. All right, so I'm gonna wrap this up with just sharing with you guys a few things that I've learned. There's four main things I wanna share that I've learned through this process over the last um, few months. The first one is ADHD is a superpower. It is not a disability. It is not a sickness. It is not um, something wrong with me. It is absolutely a superpower. Like I said, entrepreneurs are 300% more likely to have ADHD because you know, the thought is we don't fit into regular jobs. And so sometimes we're just forced to start a business. And that was absolutely me. I was like, I can't have a nine to five. So I guess this is what I have to do. And of course, fell in love with it and I will never change. Other people with ADHD, we're just so ambitious and we have so many ideas that we need to implement them and we create businesses. So we tend to be ultra visionary, ultra creative. If you have um, anyone with ADHD in your life, like they're probably so creative. Uh, they probably are, they see the world differently. We see, we see connections and things differently. We're really good at seeing the big picture, but also we see how things fit together and how things, um, you know, affect each other and how pieces go together in a puzzle. And so someone with a brain like that can be really, really powerful. People like, by the way, Richard Branson has ADHD. He's always been my business icon, so I'm so excited to hear that. I am just like Richard Branson. He is my twin. So that's the first thing. ADHD is absolutely a superpower. And while there are real difficulties, those are things I've been managing my whole life and I can manage them for the rest of my life. It has really just inspired me to lean into my superpowers and let go of those things that I struggle with and stop forcing myself to try to be good at those things and really allow myself to outsource all those things to my team or just not do them. Okay. the second thing I've learned is that I am wired for interest, not importance. Fun is a core value for me. It's the core value of our company. Number one is have fun. And I don't know how anyone lives life without having fun i I'm gonna say something that is probably gonna sound kind of rude, but I'm just you know, we're being honest, and I just have to tell you this, and this is how my brain's wired. I'm not saying this is true. It's just I just always feel like so many people are so boring, <laughs> and I can't handle boring. like I cannot handle boring and so I, I need that stimulation, right? And so fun is a really big core value for me. And I want to be around people who. Want to have fun and who enjoy life and not saying like everyone has to have fun all the time, but like have an interesting take on things and are creative and, um, and are themselves and show up. And I love that. So I'm wired for interest, not importance. And this explains so much. This explains why I'm really good at watching the home edit on Netflix and then, you know, getting really excited and reorganizing my whole apartment, but that I won't maintain it once I lose interest. Okay. It's why I can, you know, start things, but then I don't finish them. It's why I always struggle with things I don't find interesting, like, um, bookkeeping or budgeting. And I have gotten into a really good routine about that, that I do find actually fun and enjoyable now. Um, but I need to make sure that I don't try to fight that, but I actually lean into it and I make things more interesting for myself, like my financial routine, looking over my budget, looking over my bank statements. And what I've learned is that, you know, when I do all those things, then I have more money and then that's more fun. And then I get to do more things. And delayed gratification is very hard for an ADHD brain. Um, and so I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to bring the gratification into the thing that's boring. That's what I need to do for myself. The next thing that I learned, number three, is that my struggles are very real. I'm not just being lazy. I'm not just a slob. I'm not just immature. It's not that I don't have self-integrity. These are all things that I had been internalizing in the entrepreneurship world because I have invested a lot in personal and professional and business development over the years, a lot. I value personal development. I value growth. The problem is that I had somehow internalized this message that because things weren't working for me, it must just be that I'm flawed, that I'm just lazy, that I, um, you know, what was I mentioning? Uh, I'm flawed, I'm lazy, that I, you know, I, I've lacked self-integrity because I will tell myself I'm gonna do something and I don't do it. I do not lack self-integrity. I have self-integrity. And that is such a powerful thing for me to say out loud because for so long that's been tied to like do what you say you're going to do. And that is so hard for someone with ADHD because I can say right now that I'm going to do something. But in a week, if I'm just like utterly uninterested in doing that thing, it might be very hard for me. So that is not a lack of self-integrity on my part. That is me learning to manage my own brain and have self-compassion and do what works for me. So that's been really helpful. And I want to add into this number three lesson that I've learned. I have gained so much more compassion for people who have any kind of difference in not even just in how their brains work or how they're wired, but in their lives. People who just are different than me. Because what I realize now is that I've always been, I'm always a tough love person, right? You gotta have the love and the tough, I love that. But that me like tough loving it through has been a coping mechanism for me to handle my ADHD in so many ways. And that I realize that doesn't work for everybody. I also realize that like my style doesn't work for everybody because some people might have like a really opposite brain than me. Right. And you might find me overwhelming. You might find me obnoxious. And like that doesn't bother me at all. I can be overwhelming and obnoxious, but I'm letting go of the story that I'm too much. I see everyone else with so much more compassion because now I realize that other people have differences that I don't understand and I cannot understand because I will never see the world through their eyes. And it's just helped me have that empathy at just a whole nother level. I love that. That's one of my favorite takeaways. Um, oh, it just makes me so happy. And then, um, the final thing, which I've already mentioned, but really important because all of you listening are probably entrepreneurs (laughs) or else I don't know why you're listening to this podcast for yay for business, but Entrepreneurs are 300% more likely to have ADHD. And so if things I've been saying, not everything I've been saying, right? Because I'm an individual, you're an individual. But if the things I've been saying, you've been like, oh my God, that's me. Or you've been nodding your head. Or, oh my God, someone else who's like this. Like, I feel like she gets me. If you feel that way right now, I encourage you to look into it. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. Like, do you. But this has been the most validating experience of my life. And there's so much more to this um, and why this has been so validating for me. I'm going to try to wrap this up now. Um, and please reach out to me in the DMs. Please share this podcast. Please, you know, look into this if it's something you're interested in or if it's something you resonate with. If you want book recommendations on books I've been reading, there's so many. I have ADHD. I don't remember them off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm not good with details, but I will definitely give you those recommendations if you send me a message. And let's see, how do I want to wrap this up? I want to encourage you, to make a list of what are some things in your life that you feel like you've struggled with for a long time, if anything, right? Maybe you're just one of those people who doesn't struggle. (laughs) But make a list, what are those things? And when you look at that list, I want you to look at it and I want you to tell yourself that it's not your fault that you're struggling with those things. And maybe it's not ADHD, and maybe it's not even a neurological thing, or maybe it's not anything like that. But I would really encourage you to start to look at the things you struggle with, with more compassion and stop trying to fix those things. Like there are ways that you can get better at doing some of those things. Like I found things that help me to be tidier. I found planning systems that work better for me. What I've had to learn is to stop listening to everyone else's advice because people who give advice about productivity and planners are usually people who are really good at productivity and schedules and calendars. And that's why they teach it, because they don't struggle with it. And it drives me crazy. Um, And people who teach, you know, how to be tidy usually are really good at it. And so what I want to allow you to do is let yourself off the hook for things that maybe don't come easily to you. Maybe things that come easily to me, like creativity and being a visionary and copywriting and marketing, maybe those things don't come easily to you that's okay. That's why we're all different. And that's why it's good to have teams and outsource things and collaborate and learn from other people because we need all of us. It makes us stronger. And it's why I hire people who are different from me and think different from me and have different perspectives and backgrounds from me. Because as we add all those those elements together, that is when we become unstoppable. So that's all I have for you guys today. You're not alone. I love you. Thank you for listening to this episode for me, like bearing my soul to you guys. Um, please, again, do not send me any advice or opinions. I'm just asking that boundary. If I get anything like that, I'll just, you know, just delete it. Um, but otherwise, please message me. Let me know how this resonated for you, what your takeaways were. If you have any questions for me and uh, I will chat with you in the next episode. Yay! Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you love today's content and are ready to finally start making a full time income from your business this year, make sure to get on the wait list for my program, Yay for Clients, over at yayforclients.com, and you'll be notified the next time enrollment is open. Or if you're already booked with clients and you want to learn how you can turn your signature service into a signature program, And add 100K of revenue to your bottom line. Come apply to my group coaching program, Yay for 100K, over at courtneyshaw.com forward slash apply. Thanks again and have an awesome day.